get ready for a second round of Red Hot Spicy Alex on Alex action. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. on main and we're 10 seconds in hi everybody i'm dre harrison welcome to episode 273 you know all about being horny on main don't you dre oh go i can't swear yet (laughs) i got you there dre now guaranteed to be more sensual than a new yorker conference call on zoom <laughs> King, don't. What are you doing, King? What are you doing? Put that away. <laughs> Thankfully, we don't record the podcast on Zoom, and it's probably for the best we don't. Um, hi, I'm Dre Harrison, and uh, while they first dissipate from the chat, I can say it's episode two seventy three of Motorsport One Hundred and One, and we've got a loaded show. This time around, uh, we have the 2020 MotoGP Aragon Grand Prix, the first of a double header at the track, and we got a fantastic Grand Prix. Stop me if you've heard that one before with MotoGP this season. It just keeps on coming. Great, tremendous content. As uh, We had Alex on Alex, and it was Rins versus Marquez, but not the Marquez you're thinking of. Again. Um, that was a point of... Uh, it's... Okay. Yeah, uh, just like just like Cam and his Honda related podium bets, you wait a long time and then two come along at once. Um, so that's, mm. we'll be breaking that down. A dramatic Moto Two race, a thriller of a Moto Three race, and we'll wrap up some bike news as well as uh, Jonathan Ray made yet more history this past weekend at Estoril. And shout out to Top Rack who won a couple of races as well. We'll also be breaking into a lot of some of the extracurricular car news we get into the week as well with a uh, shall we say. Splitting the room, potential reinstatement over in NASCAR. Um, IndyCar season finale this weekend, the Bar First 1000, and the Roval. Need I say more? The, One the, the juicy Roval, weekend at the Roval. Y- yes, Roval is life, Roval is love. Um, with me, as always, is Cam. I'm going to be a dick in the first 30 seconds of the show, Buckley. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, um... Maybe you simply shouldn't have taken my best player on my baseball team for a bag of chips. I will never not be salty about this on this show. Oh no, never, never. Because, you know, it's not like the host, one of the hosts on this podcast has a certain baseball team or, who may or may not have coughed up a 3-1 lead, which is the new sweep in, in, in sports in terms these days. No, Wouldn't that no, be right, well, RJ O'Connell? Before before RJ goes, I will say thank you to the Houston Astros for preserving the record of the New York Yankees being the only team to ever blow a three nothing lead. <laughs> yeah, there there's a reason I've been sitting like this in correlation to my webcam. I uh, I lost. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yes! <laughs> I, uh, we got beat by the better team. I'm proud of how well my team, my guys did. It's a shame that it came so close. Without my team, my guys winning it all. But I'm happy for you in all sincerity with no snippiness or 
backhandedness whatsoever. That that was a good series. I am. It was it 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 was a tremendous series. In all fairness, I thought we were dead and buried at three one. Um, I really did. I thought, oh. It's going to be a classic Dodgers choke. We actually came through in the end. Um, some interesting base running in Game 7 from the Braves, I have to say, which uh, didn't help. But uh, shout out to RJ for being an exceptionally good sport about the whole thing by actually buying a Dodgers cap and wearing it, it on fit, It fits me nicely. It fits me nicely. And, of course, uh, this morning I went out and did my civic duty. If you have not yet voted, if you've not done your early voting yet in the United States, I highly recommend you doing so. Please do. That would be fantastic. Um, Anything to stop the £250 bottle of ranch dressing from getting another four years. Uh, I I thought he was a bag of Cheetos dust. That works, too. King, how you doing? I'm I'm doing okay. Uh, Probably... To the two teams that I did not want to get to the World Series are now in said World Series. Um, Hang on, what's what, what's your beef? Uh, is it is your beef with the Rays only purely because they beat your Yankees? Yes, yes, it is. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> my football team's own six. Uh, going through some hard times <laughs> yes, right well. now. <laughs> Well, um, I think you just need to fix the problems on your team involving football. Yeah, like all of it. You know, like quarterback, running backs, maybe both lines, maybe the corners, the coach. The the coach who has more career double-digit losses than he has wins, you know. Uh, yeah, I think that, uh, I think at the end mm. of the day you should do all that. I think you should replace the GM, maybe the owner, mm-hmm. maybe the franchise, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. uh, replace the state that you're located in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the shebang. Can't, can't wait for can't wait for the 2021 season when guys we can cut this out later when we take the field and uh, the London Spitfires play their first game. <laughs> no, no, guys, we can cut this out later. I just got the report. Quibby is dead. Oh shit! <laughs> My, yeah! Michael Eisner beat Jeffrey Katzenberg. Eisner wins Yo! the one feud. Quibby oh! is shutting down effective. It's officially posted. 342 Eastern Time. <laughs> now we're keeping this in. <laughs> we're keeping this shit in. Oh yeah. It took it took Michael Eisner 25 years to get back at Jeffrey Katzenberg after their divorce at Disney. And the, and he finally got one. He finally got oh. one. Also, Jeffrey Katzenberg doesn't own a uh, English football team. Michael Eisner does. <laughs> oh, you know what? I- I'm going to drink to that one. Cheers, everybody. Um, Cheers. Mm. I no longer have to talk about Quibi. So, um, oh. where can we... Where Dre, where can everybody find this wonderful Quibi Slander podcast? Well, we can't be um, found on Quibi y- anymore. No, clearly not. No, I was just planning another social media like, like <laughs> expansion, but no. <laughs> They're taking the platforms away. They don't want to hear us, clearly. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. If you're watching us on there, hi, subscribe, hit the bell, all that good stuff. um, You know, you get these episodes when they go live to the public. Um, We're on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter.com forward slash Motorsport 101 as King takes a food delivery in the middle of a podcast recording. (laughs) Yeah. King, what is that? <laughs> like to welcome. I have no idea. Also, 
Hey, hey, Matt, Quibby's dead. <laughs> I love this show. I love... We're keeping all of this in, by the way. Um, this show's gonna run a little bit long. You'll, you'll like it. No one will care. <laughs> this is tremendous content right here. Mm. <laughs> King, oh we have God. our first Instagram highlights. Like this, this has to go on social media. <laughs> while, while, while King discusses Quibby's death, I'll also say that our personal handles are on the screen right now. They're also in the bio <laughs> down below on YouTube. But if you're listening to us on audio, we're on at, at Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, at Ryan Eric Delivery, and at CBuckley917. And our official podcast Twitter is at Motorsport underscore 101. We're on Instagram at Motorsport101Pod, where I demand King puts the reaction of this podcast as our first Instagram video. I d- I need this. Like I'm at half mast just thinking about it. You I need, need our, this. The first highlight of our motorsports podcast being our reaction to the announcement that Quibi, which has no ties to motorsport at all, is now dead. What about that yes. Idris Elba show where he goes around and joyrides in cars? That's now canceled. Oh, what a shame. <laughs> just <laughs> over just over six months of operation. Oh, it's, it's delicious. It delicious goes right content. in the bin with the Kin phone from Microsoft. Remember Kin. Anyway. Oh, God. So it's, like, it's, like, it's like the Nokia N-Gage all over again. Uh, Why did you speak its name? <laughs> exactly. But again, we're on Instagram, Motorsport101Pod. And if you really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport101. $5 gets you early access to uh, all of our audio shows. You can upgrade to the $10 version for the video versions as well, which also gives you access to the Supporters Club on our Discord server, where you can listen to these shows live as they go out. I'm not going to mention said person by name because they asked us explicitly to keep their name private on this little server on, but we had our first ever diamond tier backer at the $20 level. Oh, shit! Yes, let's Thank go! Thank you so much diamond to that person. Tier. They're in this Discord as we speak. Thank you so much for backing us on a stupidly high level. In, in case you're curious, if you do back us on that level, I'll send you a t-shirt and a copy of The Kick. Um, because you're stupidly crazy and you deserve to be treated and pitied on as such. So thank you for that. Um, it's incredibly generous. Um, the fact that someone wants to put 20 bucks a month into us is ridiculous as far as I'm concerned so um thank you <laughs> RJ's got post-it notes this could be a very long episode um so thanks for that again all our details um on the Motorsport 101 website as well motorsport101.com now while we all recover from the news of Quibi being dead I'm gonna scroll to the top of this set list and talk about MotoGP at Aragon <laughs> So despite a nasty FP3 injury that damaged his hip and put him on a stretcher, Fabio Cotteraro actually rode through the pain barrier to take his fourth pole position of the season ahead of Maverick Vinales and another surprising front row start for LCR's Cal Crutchlow. Main title contender Yoan Mir lined up in sixth. 
Also, he had some drama in Q1, though, as Danilo Petrucci took a toe off Andrea De Vizioso in qualifying. Danilo made Q2 and qualified 8th. Dovi didn't make it in and qualified in 13th. Yikes. Big yikes. Race itself, an early hole shot for Maverick Vinales. No, I'm not making this up. He took the early lead from Quattararo, Morbidelli, and Jack Miller. Crutchlow was ran out wide at turn one, dropping him all the way down to 11th. The big winner was Alex Wins, who started 10th and was 4th by the end of Sector 2. Early disaster for Becca Baniaia, who crashed early doors. Amazingly, though, this was the only retirement of the entire race. A, a very low attrition rate for MotoGP standards. Meanwhile, the fastest man on track was Alex Marquez, and he was carving through the midfield, passing Dovi, Taka, and Miller before chasing down the leading group. In said lead group, Fabio started to struggle. His teammate pushed Robidelli, pushing him wide at the final corner, only for Mir to take both of them on the inside at the final corner and go into third. Rins, however, had other ideas and took the lead a lap later and tried to make a break for it. But Maverick, Vinales, and Yoan Mir would not let him. And now with Alex Marquez clearing the SRT Yamahas, he was now on the back of the lead group as well. Maverick was starting to struggle on his soft, soft tyres and Mir overtook him into the final corner with 10 to go. And Marquez bullied him off the turn when Apex a corner later to take third. Rins kept pushing to try and get away, but Suzuki's now 1-2 was broken up by Marquez, going the long way around Mir at the final corner with five to go. He clawed his way all the way to the front of Alex Rins' bike, but with two laps left, he suffered a big wobble at the final corner. Dad Julia Marquez nearly had a seizure in the garage trying to cope with it all. Marquez tried to reel Rins back in, but ran out of road as Rins held on to take his third career win and the eighth consecutive different winner MotoGP has had in 2020. The first time since 2016 we'd seen that. Alex Marquez took back-to-back -to -back seconds and Yoan Mir took third for the championship lead due to another collapse for Fabio Quattararo. An erratic tyre pressure problem running the medium front made his bike unrideable and he'd finish down in 18th. So how does this impact the championship standings? Well, as mentioned, Yoan Mir leads the championship by six points over Fabio Cordararo in second. Maverick Vinales is 12 points back in third. Then we go back another 17 points. Andrea Davizioso, 17 points back in fourth. Takanakagami is fifth. Franco Morbidelli is sixth. Alex Rins is seventh. Jack Miller in eighth. Paul Espargo in ninth. And Miguel Oliveira on a very nice 69 points in tenth. Nice. Uh, if you're wondering, uh, Valentino Rossi was not at this race after a positive COVID test. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. That we, 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 we hinted at this. I uh, hinted this on last week's show. Yeah, we. It came through the same day we were going to record episode two seventy two, which is going to go up by the time this goes live. We wanted to save it for this one instead, but yeah, Rossi caught the Rona on uh, on on Wednesday afternoon. It was uh, made public that. Uh, um, he had uh, actually caught it and actually had some pretty nasty symptoms. He was uh, one of the guys that did have symptoms from from COVID nineteen, and um, it's pretty much now on the record that Rossi not only missed this past race, but he's also going to miss the second Aragon weekend coming up this weekend as well. Um, people have been asking, are they going to call in Jorge Lorenzo to replace him, given he's Yamaha's test rider? The answer to that is no. Um, 
two reasons why. One is that Yamaha didn't officially withdraw Rossi from the weekend until Friday. In MotoGP, you have to name a mandatory replacement in 10 days. Um, so it could probably work out from the timing of it because they only officially removed him on Friday. Both races fall within a nine-day period, so Yamaha don't have to announce a replacement. And given the incubation period of COVID, he should be back for Valencia in three weeks' time. So, But, but you're implying that they could have. They're not forced to have a replacement rider. Yeah, yeah. They, they they chose not to have one, but they they could name a replacement if they wanted to. Yamaha chose not to. Um, let's just say there's a lot of stories flying around in the media that Jorge Lorenzo isn't particularly fit at the moment. Um, Rossi himself has criticised Lorenzo for not being in great shape and not riding the bike very much. Wasn't this right at? Was this right before he had positive test? Yeah, like within days, like he yeah. had said that uh, you know Lorenzo apparently wasn't taking his new role particularly seriously, um, as well as reports that uh, now that Lorenzo is uh, no longer having to ride full time, he's uh, shall we say enjoying the diet that he wouldn't be able to uh, have as a full time racer. It's not the first time Lorenzo was reportedly showed up to a to a uh, race meeting overweight by his standards. Look, um, man, look, man, Nathan's uh, famous Philly cheesesteaks are very delicious. <laughs> so, y'all, we watched this, most of us watched this race together. My dudes, that was a good race. How Excellent about race. Alex Marquez proving all the doubters wrong? Because remember, this is a guy less, who was... Less, less, less. My man's was dropped two. before they even started the season. Two podiums. Two podiums in a row. <laughs> Um, gentlemen, I think Buckley is having a moment down there. Um, You're goddamn right I am. Oh, this is uh, a good race. Go, go on, Cam. Talk about your mans for a minute. I know you want to. You're dying to. You're chomping at the bit. <laughs> um, Alex Marquez got the another lap one of the gods. Was, I think, plus three or four at the end of lap mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And <clears throat> I heard my throat screaming about the fucking podium. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um he rode a great race. We uh, a couple of us have mentioned it while we were watching it live. He looked like his big brother on that bike. He did on the ragged edge but it, but in control and mm. yeah, like I I do find it remarkable that in just like like I wouldn't just go as far as say it's just the last couple of rounds, because Marquez has generally looked more competitive for three or four now. He looked pretty good at Masano. He was not just like 13-14. He was more like 7-4-8. And I was thinking, okay, maybe he's starting to put this together. But uh, Cam, I'm hearing there's been some changes at Honda that's uh, seemingly made a difference. Yeah. Um, It's kind of a mix of everything. Of course, we know Alex is a bit of a slow learner. And we expected that when he moved up to MotoGP. That was clearly evident in the first, geez, seven or eight races of the season. But as you said, he's been making progress. At the same time, Honda went to an all-new shock absorber for Mullins this year on the rear of the bike. A lot of different changes and moving the setup closer to what Mark usually runs. And it hasn't seemed to really fix the bike, but it's, it's put a leash on it. 
it, it's calmed down some of the bike's more violent tendencies. And it means that both, <clears throat> both Alex as well as Takanakagami, who's been great all year on that bike anyways, mm. and Cal in qualifying, they, they can push without being in fear of the bike. Because if you talk to Cal Crutchlow at the beginning of this year, it sounded like he was scared to ride the thing. It does, yeah, it, it it certainly sounded like that. It sounded like they were just afraid of going over that Honda knife edge and then giving themselves a whole heap of problems or picking a bike up out of the gravel, which is, you know, nobody wants to do yeah. um, by any that, measure. But, that and uh, Aragon, Aragon suits the Honda as well. Because it's a bit of an older surface, a more abrasive surface, the grippier bikes mm. on the grid can't use... They can't use as much of their advantage as they normally would. Right. So, yeah, all those factors combined lead into a a, a much improved Honda. I mean, again, Taka's been competitive pretty much all year long. He was up there. Crutchlow was in the top ten, I think, for like which has not happened with, with Cal very much this year, particularly in uh, the he, dry. Um, he he dropped off from P three in qualifying. Uh I think he had a mm. slipping clutch, he said. Slipping clutch for the first uh, few laps of the race, and it killed any yeah. chance he had at a good result. He he bogged down at the start. He was pushed out wide at turn one. He was given the old Lorenzo heave-ho from last year. And uh, as you said, the slipping clutch. It was all just like a, a, a myriad of problems for Crutchlow that weren't on him, really. So just mm. one of those things. But <clears throat> uh, yeah, great to see Alex Marquez back up the field. Um, and... Uh, you know what's funny, King? Looking at the championship right now, he's only 10 points behind the man he's now going to replace him. Ain't that funny? <laughs> yeah, let's keep in mind, Alex Marquez was replaced at Repsol Honda before he ever turned a wheel in anger. Wild! What did, uh, what did Brother Ryan say? I wonder how... Um, hang on, I'm just getting confirmation on my WhatsApp one more time. Yeah, it was fuck you, Puig, was the comment that he came out with after that race. And ain't uh, that no the ifs, truth. no buts, <clears throat> no censorships. He went in raw. It was a quote "f you puig" um, for that for back to back second places uh, for Alex Marquez. Um, <laughs> I love it. There's a base reference. Uh, one of our Discord players goes, "Quote: What did you see? You'll ever do to him." Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, it was an excellent race again. Like, I think he would have had a real shot at the win if he didn't have that big wobble towards I think he just, the end. Of I think he was just out of tires. He yeah, was pushing he... so hard to keep up with the other Alex, yeah. the one that actually won this whole thing. Yeah, Alex Rins. We kind of forgot how good he is in the midst of Johan Mir putting it all together. And oh, by the way, Alex Rins started the year hurt. He's still hurt. Still... He, what's he up to? 1.85 shoulders now? Apparently Something that's like all that. he needs. That's all he needs now to be competitive again. And he's still in the top 10 in the standings. Again, like... It's this year is so crazy. A man on a Suzuki just won a Grand Prix from tenth, and it barely moves the needle. In, in, the, in the grand context of how crazy this season has been, Alex Rins <clears throat> just won this Grand Prix from tenth on the grid, and it wasn't even nothing. He was plus six on the first lap. Plus six. It was ridiculous. Yeah, everyone in the middle of the field seemed to get an incredible start. Yeah, the mid the midfielders were just launched off the line. It was crazy. Um, that that was ridiculous. Um, yeah, it, 
what a display that was. It makes you wonder what Rins could have done with a full season. Because, again, yeah. we've talked about Rins before. His race pace is, is, is stupendous. Like, he got to the front and he was not passed again. It was as simple as that. No one could stay with him at the limit over the course of the yeah. second half of that race. Marquez got close. But it was a stalemate was between a them for a good, what, three laps. Alex got to him but just couldn't do anything with him. Alex right, Marquez. Right. We have to we have to clarify because it was the Alex and Alex show. Yeah, it really was the Alex and Alex show. Yeah, Maverick uh, sinking a little bit towards the end on the soft soft tire. He gambled, but uh, uh, almost got to the back of Mir again by the end of the race. Funnily enough, so uh, like Maverick having a peak Maverick race. Starts well and he starts well. Bogs down in the middle. Comes back strong at the end. Um, <laughs> vintage the king, Maverick, the king of the hypotheticals. No kidding. The, uh, the, 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 the PSG of MotoGP riders. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned him in third. Johan Mir, championship leader. Yeah. Um, is this more of a case of Johan Mir um, rising to his potential and being consistent when nobody else is? Or is Fabio Cordoraro just bottling this title? Six of one, half a dozen of the other. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, Mir, we've we've gushed about him on the show for the last couple of months. Oh, he's legit. He's he's here. He's here. He's here now. Oh, yeah. Um, bulletproof consistency. Makes moves when they're there. Holds station when they're not. And it's netted in the championship lead. Meanwhile, oh, yeah. Fabio, and this is a bit of a theme with Yamaha, um, their tire issues just keep getting worse and worse the dogs it's... don't want to hear about it but you know the dogs don't want to hear about it they are uh they are they are stout um they're stout <laughs> yamaha fans they're living they're still living in the era of uh a blue 46 bike just yeah. racking up win after win after win so, yeah, I believe it was a last-minute call from Yamaha to run the medium front on Fabio's bike instead of the soft front. And then, apparently, like, Fabio said after the race that the first three laps were perfect. He felt great on the bike. He was fast. What he was it? keeping up with the rest of the field. And he thought this was, this was the right call. And then lap four happened, and apparently he said the tire pressure on the front was all over the place. Um, and it basically made the bike unrideable. He says he, he says he couldn't brake, he couldn't steer, he couldn't lean. Um, he his pace dropped off like field. a stone. Yeah, and he ended up finishing in eighteenth, out of the points altogether. Um, and yeah, that is what's led to Yoan Mir taking the championship lead. May I just point out we've had eight different winners in the last eight races in MotoGP, and eight winners in total this year as it is. Yohan Mir leads the championship, and he's not one of those eight race winners. It's wild. Still... Our championship leader hasn't won a race. One of the dudes in the top five hasn't stood on the podium all year. MotoGP is wild. But we still yeah. miss you, Mark Marquez. Mark Marquez, and uh, I'm sure we'll get to the circuit, the swirling rumors about him in just a bit. <laughs> but, uh, oh my god. They never yeah, end. It's just... <sighs> What do you say about this season? Anything that could happen has happened, is continuing to happen, and we have a guy in his second year who only just grabbed his first podium a few races ago, 
and now he's got the championship lead. My my dude's Ducati is Ducati just imploding now? Have they? Imploded? It feels like this is full. I feel like if if I can use words, I know it's very difficult. Um, <laughs> it feels like Ducati as a whole is in full meltdown. They can't get the bike to work. Their riders are in fighting. The management doesn't know what to do. Other than yeah. that, it sounds great. Yeah, yeah. Um, Other than everything, it sounds great. Doubling back to the Ducati qualifying incident, because I've got quotes in front of me now um, from uh, from the riders involved. As mentioned, uh, Q1 happens. Davizioso's leading his way on a, fight, on a final attempt to make Q2. Now, Dovi's had qualifying issues pretty much all year long. Um, can't struggle ride, to get. He can't ride this new rear tire the way. His yeah. whole his whole riding style, the way the way it's built, he just can't ride the way. Andrea Davizioso rides. No, like the morning delay break in, a big heavy turn in, can't do it on these new Michelin rear tires. He goes on a qualifying run, he's leading the way, he doesn't realize until right at the end, his teammate is drafting off him. Dilla Petrucci <clears throat> takes full advantage of getting a massive toe down a 0.6 long of a mile straight. He makes Q2 and would go on to qualify in 8th. Dovi qualifies in 13th and misses the cut. Um, they interviewed both of them after qualifying and, uh, well, let's see if you can gauge the toad in the room here. Petruk said, and I quote, Ducati dumped me, so now I'm racing for myself. I'll obey team orders if they arrive. I have to do my best. It's a shame I was dumped before the season started. I'm sorry for Andrea. Uh, Andrea responded by saying, and I quote, I was disappointed because I don't think Danilo did the right thing. He didn't have the speed to be there. I think with the relationship we have, and given that I'm the only Ducati rider being able to maybe fight for the championship, uh, it wasn't a smart move. We have a good relationship because I did a lot of things for him. It wasn't a smart move. Frosty. Um, Healthy team chemistry. Can I just say as well... Ducati doubled down and said, sorry, like, sorry, Dovi doubled down on Sunday as well, and he said, quote, Ducati have lost control of the garage. Yeah. This was, this is the year, right? Mark's gone. Yamaha, for how much better they made their bike, they still got problems. This was the year, and it's fallen apart right in front of them. And, you know, you dump a rider, you know, you tell a rider they're not coming back before the season even starts. Why the fuck is yeah. he going to ride with the team in mind? And you're talking about Danilo Petrucci, who's one of the most beloved dudes in motorcycle racing, who everybody loves, everybody knows Danilo absolutely is a team player. We've seen it on the record. He, remember, we won at Mugello last year, and he literally turned around and said, I'm good. I'm satisfied. I'll help Dovi win the championship now. Yeah. He said that on the record while holding his winner's trophy last year. I cannot he get over. He was happy to get that dub. <laughs> yeah, and he just wanted his first win. That's all he wanted. Think of how bad the relationship with the team must have gotten for it to be at this point. For both of them. Well, we mentioned it before. Like, Dovi and Delinia has barely spoken for two years. Yeah. Like... Davi's they, completely fallen out with management, and Petrucci got booted before the season started. What did they think was going to happen? Right. 
Oh, that, sounds about as, that sounds about <laughs> as stupid as throwing away $1.8 billion in a streaming service that nobody watches. This is, this, <laughs> okay, we now need to name this episode the Quibi Slander episode. And just consider as well, Andrea's still not out of this. By the fact <laughs> of sheer consistency, he's still clinging on to the title. He's only 17 back. It's more That's than That's one two. weekend this year. That's one weekend. The the way the, the way this season has been, a good day you win, a bad day you're outside of the top 10. It takes one yeah. win from Dovi and he's right back in contention again. Like I don't know where it's going to come because look, we have four races left. We have Aragon again this weekend. We have two races at Valencia which should in on paper go to Yamaha. In theory. I don't know. I don't, I don't know so. if that will actually happen because I, this I year's been so, so goddamn crazy. <laughs> I think it's Suzuki. Because the can't Suzuki, qualify. they can't qualify, but they're, they can keep their tires under them, and Yamaha just can't this year. You know, I'm yeah, just going to throw darts where at a board. Where are you going to pass at Valencia, though? I'm just going to um, throw darts at a board and say Honda's going to take one of those. Oh, God. <laughs> Why not? Oh, it Lord. makes as much sense as any of these latest Mark Marquez. Yeah, you know what? Rumors. Fucking Aprilia. Fuck it. Aprilia <laughs> sweeps the rest of the year. That's, That's how the one sit. prediction that, that won't land. <laughs> okay. This year has been so insane that I could say Aprilia could sweep the rest of the year. And it would be like, it wouldn't even be top five on crazy shit that's happened. Can I just say, going back to this Quibi thing before we jump to Moto2, oh that, <laughs> that the founder of Quibi once thought that nobody wanted to see The Lion King, and that's part of why he got ousted at Disney. <laughs> that might be one like, of the biggest That might be one of the biggest L's that anyone has ever taken in entertainment industry history. <laughs> It's one of the biggest L's I've seen in civilization. Like, how do you screw up a $1.8 billion investment? Anyway. Um, no, no, so- no, I have one more point to make. We all need to also realize that this dude's dream project was Treasure Planet. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, fine movie in a vacuum, but commercial uh, oh. 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 Oh, God. Look, look. I genuinely say this sincerely. This is one of the best races of MotoGP's had this year. The best in Styria. This was a fantastic Grand Prix. Overtakes and action and tenseness and drama all the way to the very end. Go out um, on Video Pass and watch it. Or watch yeah. it on NBC Sports. We can watch Indeed. it in the US now. And You I'll, have no I'll excuse, America. I'll go one further, Dre. I'll say this might be... One of the best seasons in top flight motorsport in the last 20 years. It's up there. Best this that I've is, ever seen. This is a historically great season. It really is. Like, this is absolute carnage. One, one more time. He's the eighth different man to win a race this year. He's the eighth different consecutive guy to win a Grand Prix this season. We've only had 10 races in MotoGP in a, what's going to be a shortened 14 race season. We've only got four left. We've got Aragon next week. We take a week off. We've got two at Valencia, then Portimao for the finale. This is already shaping up to be like the best MotoGP season ever seen. And I thought 2015 was special. Oh no. This is, this is, uh, this is ridiculous. Uh, it's a season where 15 different men have been on a podium. Where 8 Dre? different dudes have won a race. Dre, it's carnage. I, may, 
I, I think your next book project is already in the works. Oh. I'm just putting that out there. Well, um, that, that's an idea. That's the an lower idea. class <laughs> races. Um, there, is, there is points in them. More <laughs> mayhem than actual uh, quality yeah, racing. This was... Yeah, th- Moto Two was a race of was, was was a race of flashpoints and drama, as far as I'm concerned. Um, maybe not a classic in terms of watchability, but for shock value and championship implications, this was a doozy. Um, this was a race of holding your bottle. Uh, we got a solid three holy shit moments here via significant solo crashes. We got an early break um, from Sam Lowe's, Fabio Di Giantonio on the speed up, and uh, Marco Bezzecchi for the Sky VR46 team. They all broke away in the leading group. Luca Marini tried to catch up until he binned it. Early doors. Mm. At, the, at the penultimate chicane. Uh, championship leader in the gravel. Um, not good. Um, so that was the first big shocker. Um, a couple of laps later, DG Antonio is all over the back of Marco Bezzecchi in a fight for the lead. And then, but DG just loses the front into turn two. It just slips out from underneath him. It's gone. Bike gets catapulted into the outside turn two gravel. Um, nasty incident. Fabio, thankfully, okay. Um, but yeah, DG wrecks from second. It becomes a two-horse fight between uh, Sam Lowe's and uh, and Marco Bezzecchi. And uh, Lowe's takes the lead with three to go. And then to start the penultimate lap, Bez has a carbon copy of DG Antonio's. Honestly, you could, you could splice them up frame by frame and it would be virtually identical. Almost the exact same spot. Bez just tucks the front. Down she goes, and the bike gets catapulted into the gravel again, um, which basically gift wrapped it. Um, Sam Lowe's a very easy win, back to back wins for Sam Lowe's, which is weird to say about a Moto Two situation and Sam Lowe's back to back Ws for the Brit. There was a great fight further on for second between Anaya Bastianini and Jorge Martin. Bastianini came out on top of that one, significant for a reason I'll get to in a minute. And uh, shout out to Jake Dixon, who had his career high finish in P4 uh, for there the Patronus uh, for the Patronus team. Uh, and uh, good news for him, which we'll also get to in a minute. He had finished ahead of uh, Remy Gardner in fifth, Marcos Ramirez sixth, who, naughty boy, bumped out Jorge Navarro at the very first corner. Um, Navarro on his back in the middle of the grid on the first corner. It's a terrifying incident. Thankfully, everybody got out of the way. Hector Garzo, 7th. Joe Roberts, 8th. Uh, Tetsuya Nagashima, 9th. Corsi, 10th. Fernandez, 11th. Luti, 12th. Edgar Pons, 13th. Manzi, 14th. And Marcel Schroeter rounds off the points in 15th place. Championship is now very, very interesting. Top 3 covered by 5 points. Anaya Bastianini takes the lead of the championship again on 155. Sam Lowe's on one five three. Oh god, I'm having terrible flash forwards. What if Sam Lowe's actually wins a world championship? Oh Christ! Um, BT Sport will never hear the end of this. Like they're going to it tear their nuts off. It will be shouted. It will be shouted out from the rooftops. It will be painted in the streets. 
Yeah, the, the Keith Yoon will be on top of the BT Tower with a megaphone <laughs> preaching to the masses that uh, Sam Lowe is a world champion. Uh, <laughs> no one tell Rebecca James if it happens, says Vic in the comments <laughs> from our Bike Live days. Well played, Vic. Well played. <laughs> Luca Marini third on 150. Marco Bezzecchi with his crash. That oh, It could have been even more spicy if Bez had held on to that second. He's on 130 now, 25 off the top. Jorge Martin on 95, but uh, oh, a, a dramatic race to say the least. Sam Lowe is basically winning a battle of the bottle, which is rare to say about a Brit these days. Um, but uh, uh, a, a very dramatic race. And a, I know we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago on the show, talking about the SRT might be in a bit of a pickle here regarding what it's going to do with its riders, because we mentioned during Le Mans, is, is Dixon now too good to drop? Well, the answer to that question turned out to be yes, he was too good to drop, because it was confirmed this morning that Jake Dixon <clears throat> has re-signed with Patronus on a another one-year extension with the team, which means McPhee has had to stay in his Moto3 team for another year. Brackets, I promise you, this was not the plan. Um, <laughs> close brackets. Um, simply put, I spoke to Simon Patterson about this, um, and he said straight up, look, there's just no seats for McPhee in Moto2. It's, no. just the, it's just the log of the short of it. There isn't a good project for him up there. He's got to stick it out until his age 27 season, which is... Uh, Weird to talk to it. Weird to say. He's almost at the age limit. Yeah, he's got two more seasons. He can race in 2021 and 2022. For those guys who don't know, by the way, the Moto Three age limit is age 28. If it's if you're 28 on the calendar year that season starts, you can compete in that season. So McPhee's got two more years in Moto Three before he hits the age 28 limit. I think it's a dumb rule, but you know. It is yeah. what it is. Um, there's look, honestly, people. There's no reason that there's no reason why Moto Three needs an age limit. I don't care what you tell me. Um, there are great lightweight specialists out there. That's what the sport was built on a foundation of. There is no reason to have an age twenty eight. Yeah, remember age limit Moto these 3. are considered so, their own championships. These are not explicitly right. feeder series. <laughs> they function that way. God damn it, RJ. They function that way. They function as feeder series, but they weren't designed as such. <laughs> Very much so. Sorry about that, Cam. I was I was distracted by RJ's posting. That's notes okay. Uh, but um, I mean, I only speak facts. It's true. It's true. Um, look, real talk. Jake Dixon's had a great season. He's improved rapidly. He's he's made himself a bit too good to drop in that position. And look. If anyone from BT Sport is watching this, can you please do me a favor? Do not put yourselves in baby oil and stop fapping to this kid, okay? Look, ease off. Take it easy, okay? This is the thing about Jake Dixon. He is an incredibly likable young man. Incredibly charismatic and, like, seriously, he's a dream behind the microphone. He is a media department's best friend. He's the most likable British rider I think I have ever seen. Don't F with him, okay? <laughs> Let him sell himself. He will gain fans because he's great. BT Sport over eggs the pudding on every Brit it has in the field and it makes you want to dislike people. 
Ugh, please don't ruin Jake Dixon for everybody. We Brits have got a likeable guy we can get behind for once. And we're going to ruin him by TV media bullshit. Thank you very much. That's my rant for the day. I've <laughs> never heard of such a thing in four-wheel sports, thankfully. No, mm. no, no, no. Never happens in four-wheels. No, on, never. Me- more on that, potentially later. No, never, never. Um, look, Moto3 happened. It's a Moto3 race. I say this time and again. We're not going to get into, into the nitty-gritty because there was just too much carnage. It's a fantastic race. Once again, go out of your way to see it. It was probably the best race of the weekend. It's not a surprise. It's Moto3 for fuck's sake. Um, go watch it. There was one bit of drama at the end. You may or may not have seen the clip because I think BT Sport did put the fu- the full final lap on their Twitter. Unfortunately, I think it's geo-blocked to the Americans. Sigh. No. Um, but um, the main story was Raul Fernandez, who, who qualified on pole. He looked dominant pretty much all weekend. We thought Fernandez is finally going to get his first dub after all those bad races from pole position. Um... He was under a lot of pressure from Jal Messia in second place, fighting for the lead. And on the final lap, through the really fast left hand of the Marquez corner after the corkscrew, uh, Messia went on the green before overtaking Fernandez. Went on the inside. Now, we've talked about this on this show before. By a letter of the law, that's potentially a track limits penalty. Um, we'll have to wait and see, you know, how it goes. I noticed it straight away. I thought, oh, are they going to take a position off him? Because remember, we've been strict about this before. A lot, um, If you cut track limits on the final lap, it's an automatic position drop, pretty much. I think the stewards deemed that Fernandez had pushed him onto the green and didn't gain an advantage, so they let it go. And Yamasia went on to win the race. Um, ahead of Darren Binder and Fernandez in third in the end by the time they got to the uh, to the finish line about two miles later. Uh, Romano Fernati fourth, John McPhee fifth, um, who had to suffer a long lap penalty in the middle of that race. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, Jeremy Alcoba sixth, and then Arena, Suzuki, Vietti, Foggia, Toba, Tatai, Sasaki, Ayagura, again, down in 14th and uncompetitive. I don't know what's happened to him for the last two or three rounds. but uh, been really far off his own pace. Indeed, and he's, he's he's coughing up points. The only blessing for him is that Arenas has not taken full advantage. Mm. Um, and Dennis Onchi rounding off the points in 15th place. Championship standings where it stands in Moto3 with four races left. Arenas on 144, Aguro on 131, Cessina Vietti now on 126. Arbolino on 115 and McPhee on 109 um, is the top five there in Moto3. But uh, Agura, I know he's moving up to Moto2 next year anyway. I think he's going to the, to the Honda Team Asia team. But uh, yeah, not good um, on that one. Also, quick bit of news as well to get out of the way. <sighs> RJ, what are you... Do- oh, for God's sake, RJ. <laughs> not, I, I couldn't see it. It's not legible. I'm, I have to apologize to an all-elite wrestling talent for the gimmick infringement of holding up flashcards with funny quotes on them in the middle of the show. <laughs> 
Very good, very good. Um, bit of the news as well, we actually now can confirm from a couple episodes back as well that Cameron Bobier from Moto America is going to the America's uh, American racing team in Moto2 for next year. So uh, that'll be fun to see how he gets on in MotoGP's ladder for a second time. Good to see more Americans making the jump over. A couple of bit more pieces of biking news before we move on as well. Um, we have to say it one more time. Congratulations to Jonathan Ray. The now six pack. Now a six-time consecutive world superbike champion. It was always going to be a long shot for Scott Ray, and he had to have won all three races in Estoril to have any chance at all. That didn't happen, amazingly. Um, as a, as our Ray came home in fourth in race one, he took his sixth championship. And uh, shout out to Johnny, great celebration, very Avengers. Got a, had a, had a box of rings ready to go, and he pulled out the sixth one to signify sixth championship. They've got uh, they've been taking pages from the Valentino Rossi book of celebrations um, on that one. Um, so Jonathan Ray takes his sixth World Superbike Championship. Shout out to Top Rack. He took uh, wins. He won the he won race one, won the Super Bowl race. Uh, congrats to Chaz Davis, who signed off his time of Ducati with a win in his final race for the team. Um, was very dignified um, uh, in in his exit. Said thank you to the team. He had a very nice thank you message written on the uh, fuel tank of his motorcycle in uh, in, in tribute to them. Um, if you haven't, if you don't follow Chaz on Twitter, I recommend you do so because he's been very funny <laughs> regarding the situation. I think he mentioned the other day about how he wanted, um, he wanted to say, uh, "Oh, is, 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 is Ducati is, is Ducati's MotoGP team available? Um, I'm willing to clean <laughs> Dobby's garden, I think, for for the right price," uh, which I thought was quite funny. Um, Chaz is taking his uh, imminent sacking with uh, extremely good good grace, I have to say. Um, to answer your question in the Discord, Vic, probably is one of the greatest motorcycle races ever, point blank in any context, pound for pound, to win six consecutive World Superbike titles to have 99 Grand Prix victories is just out of this world. He's blown every say? record that Superbikes had out of the water. He's the undisputed king of Superbikes. And it's a darn shame that Livio Sippo never gave him that chance in GP because uh, I'd have loved to have seen how he would have fared amongst Marquez, Stoner, Pedrosa, Lorenzo, etc. Um... Also, one thing, one thing I had to mention, shout out to our American friend Garrett Gerloff, third and second in race uh, one in the Super Bowl race, so the Americans are something to cheer about in the Discord, hooray for them. Um, and <laughs> I have to mention this, there was one major championship still up for grabs, and it came down to the wire, because in race two, Jonathan crashed and had to come back and finish in 14th. Yeah, Jonathan made a human error. That never happens. That's wow. um, already, already that, sealed the deal. He's allowed a yeah, couple of those. Like, like, Kawasaki was so unbothered by this, they had Vamos and the thumbs up emoji on their pit board as he was driving past. They did not give a shit, which I thought was just hilarious. Um, Alex Lowe's had a mechanical breakdown halfway through, his teammate on the other Kawasaki. So it was down to the struggling Javi Fores 
to come over the line and seal the, the manufacturer's championship for Kawasaki by one point over Ducati, over the line in the end. So Kawasaki were this close to bidding a bunch of, uh, quote, sixth gear t-shirts for winning six consecutive manufacturers' championships in World Superbikes. They'd probably be on the way to Africa right now if it wasn't to Xavi Forrest um, on that one. So, so uh, well done, Xavi, on, on that one. Uh, glad you came through in the end because uh, the big boys let you down a bit on that on that one. Also, big shout out to Josh Brooks. He won the British Superbike Championship by 21 points in the end over yeah. Jason O'Halloran and uh, Christian Iden in the end. Shout out to them. Looking forward to coming back for that next year, hopefully with some fans in the house. If we had more That'll time... That'll do it for the bike section. Yeah, we'd love to talk more about British Superbikes. Uh, we have some car-related news. Uh, very quickly, there's a lot of stuff we need to get through, including... The reinstatement of disgraced free agent NASCAR driver Kyle Larson reinstated this mm-hmm. week. And in another reminder that karmic justice never exists in the world of motor racing, Larson might get the coveted Hendrick Motorsports drive that he single-handedly threw away after dropping a hard RN bomb of the infamous Mazda Madness Exhibition Sim Race on April the 12th. NASCAR continues uh... to prioritize diversity and inclusion across our sport. NASCAR said in an official statement, Kyle Larson has fulfilled the requirements set by NASCAR and has taken several voluntary measures to better educate himself so that he can use his platform to help bridge the divide in our country. Larson's indefinite suspension has been lifted under the terms of his reinstatement. He will be cleared to return to racing all NASCAR racing activities effective January 1st, 2021. After his dismissal from Chip Ganassi Racing, Larson told the Associated Press in an August 19 article, I was ignorant and immature. I didn't understand the negativity and hurt that comes with the world. Repetitorial, no shit. He also explained the measures that he quietly undertaken since the incident to learn more about civil rights issues, making some of his first in-depth comments about the matter in a personal essay published October 4th on his website. In his essay, Larson took accountability for his actions and said that he connected with former athletes Tony Sane and Jackie Joyner-Kersey to work with their foundations and to see the impact of racial injustice firsthand in Minneapolis. He also said he had hired a diversity coach, Doug Harris of the Kaleidoscope Group, and had conversations with black racers Bubba Wallace, J.R. Todd, and Willie T. Ribs to learn about their experiences. I want them to know that words do matter, Larson wrote his essay, referencing that he would have to answer to his family as he takes responsibility for his actions moving forward. Apologizing for your, others mis- for your mistakes matters. Accountability matters. Forgiveness matters. Treating others with respect matters. I will not stop listening and learning. For me now, it's all about action, doing the right things, being a part of the solution, and writing a new chapter that my children will be proud to read. And, you know, he's saying all the right things, and it sounds like he's done a lot of the work, but I think one people, one thing, one aspect that I think a lot of people are missing is that, yes, Kyle Larson is doing all the right things, but Nobody is entitled to going back to liking this dude for a long time, if ever. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he's putting in the work to be a better person. And look, one less edgy fucking moron using words like that is a good thing. I I think we can agree with that. We can all agree with that. But the fact that... (laughs) this is amounting to an accidental gap year and is now going to a significantly better team as a result of it. No, we don't know for sure yet. We, we, everything 
everything under the sun points to him getting the seat formerly occupied by Alex Bowman. Who's jumped over to replace Jimmy Johnson. Oh, by the way, we're not going to talk about the race at Kansas. It sucked. Moving on. Yeah. um, Yeah. It just, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I agree. And I don't think that bad taste is going to leave. No, I agree. I think think back to when Kurt Busch had blown up at like every single NASCAR journalist under the sun and burned his bridge out of Penske and nobody would touch it. And he had to spend two years driving for god-awful teams to prove that he really wanted this. I'm thinking yeah. like maybe that's I would I would you know be more appreciative of that. Don't just give him a reward for bad behavior that he himself admitted to. Yeah. You know, if I got He's... trouble if I got in trouble at my shop for doing something like this, assuming I was still hired to begin with, I wouldn't be promoted up to executive vice president of the company. Yeah, he he said he said what he said and fell up in the world. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to pretend like I've got the greatest finger on the pulse in NASCAR. I'm, it, 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 I feel a bit gross just thinking about it, to be honest, because I'm a firm believer in second chances with people. I believe that not everything should be set in stone in most instances. Also, I'm starting to realize that as I get a bit older and sometimes a little bit wiser some areas need a zero-tolerance approach. And the fact that what the net scenario with Larson could end up being is basically a sabbatical year and falling up. I know in motorsport, for better or worse, talent often trumps all when it comes to when it comes to comparisons to personality and what they are and what they represent. We've talked about many a person behind the microphone, in front of the camera, behind the wheel regarding that. Um, Karmic justice does not apply in motorsport. It just doesn't um, a lot of the time. Um, and it, I, I find it incredibly frustrating that Larson has a very good chance of being rewarded in, in as a net positive compared to where his career was before this incident happened in April that he would fall up into a top-tier seat by, from what I've been that told by people. That he single-handedly threw away at the time. Yeah, he was right. the... Because um, I know you said it, you're not really super familiar with the form book in NASCAR. First of all, Hendrick has two drivers currently competing for a championship. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Half of their team is right now, their four-car team. Right. And before the incident, the, the incident on stream happened, he was the prime candidate alongside Brad Keselowski, who resigned with Penske, to take over Jimmy Johnson's ride at the conclusion of this season. Right. And it's it's kind of not so much a net positive as it is a net nothing. Yes. And, like, just yeah. to give you, like, some perspective on, like, the status of the ride he's taking, he's probably going to be driving the 88 next year, which was Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s last ride. Christ! Yeah, th- there is there is a rumor that they will not use the 88. For, for obvious was, reasons. For obvious reasons. That it will. But here's But here's what's even better. The, the prevailing rumor is that they will go to the 5, which is the historic Hendrick number. 
You're giving him the franchise number. <laughs> this is... <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just... Fuck this series Look, <laughs> God lord I, I can't be nice about this anymore Fuck this Honestly Yeah It's It's frustrating Is it Somebody put some alcohol he's... in this snapple <laughs> You know yeah, I hear there's a motorcycle a fifth... I know there's a motorcycle a builder in California That may be interested in expanding Their uh, Their platform Their portfolio in motorsport If you're Stop. wondering Who in the hell is going Stop. to sponsor this guy Stop don't speak it into existence. If I, I speak think it, it will be the Hen- won't happen. If I think it will be the HendrickCars.com number five car next year. Yeah, Rick's and gonna have to I pay said, for this out of pocket because nobody's gonna want to sponsor him. Yeah, Chevrolet has already buried the hatchet, if that's the best way to put it. Look, if he gets his career back, sure, fine, what the fuck ever. We kind of expected it when this whole thing happened initially. Yeah. We said he'd be back. We said but, he'd be back. I, I just didn't think it would be this quick. Yeah, I didn't think it would be. Like, I thought it was another year minimum. Minimum look, another year. I can't. I come from a two-wheel world where Romano Fanati basically got a six-race suspension for squeezing another man's brake pedal at 140 yeah. miles an hour. Yeah. and was Genuinely back threatening another man's life. Yeah. I went on a yeah. viral. I don't want to rant. The rent viral on video about Santino Ferrucci's bad behavior, and it turned into a promotion. Hell, Luca Corberi could end up in a prime GT3 ride for all we know. A few years down the line, Ugh. nothing makes sense. Nothing. Bad makes behavior sense. is constantly rewarded. Um, yeah. yeah uh, look, if if you, I, if this really matters to you, go stick it out a year on some garbage team like Go Fast or Premium Motorsport, my dude. Yeah. See if you really uh, want it. Yeah. I, I, I preface this with, again, he seems to be putting in the work. He seems to have learned his lesson, but he shouldn't have fucking had to. Yeah. And... It just it just leaves a fucking bad taste in my mouth, and that's not going away. That's not going to go away a year from now, five years from now, maybe ever. I say this as a used to be Kyle Larson fan. I'm yep. not obligated to go back to liking the dude. I've got other people I can cheer for, like Bubba Wallace. Yep. Right. Like and... Christopher Bell. Like Chase Briscoe. Speaking of Bubba Wallace, we heard who his replacement is. Eric Jones. Eric Jones. Good to see him get a seat, because uh, judging by Toyota's form this year outside of Denny Hamlin, don't know how much his problems this year have really been his fault, so we'll see what he does. I want to stay in America real quick, because we got the IndyCar season finale uh, coming up this weekend, probably happening by the time you listen to this. You know there's 19,872 different scenarios for both Scott Dixon and Joseph Newgarden to take the title, but only 1% of those scenarios would result in Newgarden winning the title. If you're wondering how long the odds are. Than- Thanos Dixon. So you're saying there's a chance. Um, if, <laughs> oh if my... There, if there you're you're one... going to tow this line right into the ground, ain't you? <laughs> Look, if there is one thing that historically is on Newgarden's side, Dixon's never won at St. Pete. But Ditson doesn't have doesn't to win in St. Pete to win in He doesn't need to win. He doesn't need to podium. He doesn't even need to do well. Eighth is enough, isn't it? Eighth, Eighth is, is enough, enough, and that is if Newgarden gets every available point on offer. Including pole position, leading a lap, leading the most laps. I'm just, I'm just happy that Joseph made it this close, and 
Scott Dixon is one of the greatest IndyCar drivers there ever was. Let's say, tell you what, I mean, we say every point on offer. Joseph Newgarden is the man who could make that happen. Yes. I, I can't see I could, it. I could I totally don't see, see it. I, I could, could totally see, see get, Joseph leading from the front and winning. Yeah, I can see him getting it within single-digit points, which a few races ago we would have laughed you out of the room over. <laughs> look, look, I am just glad that it's come down to the two best drivers in the series, as far as yeah. I'm concerned, because <clears throat> Dixon has been this destructively phenomenal all-rounder for a good, f- God, 15 years now <laughs> like and now he's just gotten even better at everything but the 500 and joseph he I know was he pretty good the... there this year we have yeah to say. pretty good oh. yeah yeah takuma had other ideas um but but, uh, like, but joseph again is now like joseph there's a very valid claim you can make as the number one driver in the series now and has been in and around the title scene now for again better part ever since he joined penske essentially he's, he's... been He's the perennial title threat. Yeah, and he's won two of them already, and he still has an outside chance at a third. Um, it's it's crazy. Um, yeah, he still has a has an outside odds chance of defending his championship. So I'm glad it's um, I'm glad that it's uh, it's gone to the final two. It's probably going Nixon's way, but hey, you never know. We'll talk about it on next week's show. Um, so that'll be fun indeed. Segways into our next segment. We had the Bathurst 1000 this past weekend. The last race in the 2020 Supercars Championship and Shane Van Gisbergen on his 12th attempt finally captured his elusive first victory in Australia's great race. Equally as important, if not more so, that was the last victory for the Holden nameplate in its very last race. Um, if you're wondering yeah. what happened to the previous Bathurst 1000 winner, Scott McLaughlin, he finished fifth in what may very well be his last ever race in the series, wrapping up his third successive series title in the process. If he has indeed finished his supercars career, he ends fourth on the all-time wins list at the age of 27. And even better news for IndyCar fans, he's already on the way to St. Petersburg, Florida to contest his first IndyCar race this weekend. Go get him, Scotty! We even know what his car looks like, a fantastic livery. Ooh, it's the Shell car. Shell livery's bang. Also, shout-outs to, um, occasionally during the Bathurst 1000, they cut away to, like, a a Zoom call of different, like, supercar super fans (laughs) uh, having Bathurst Day watch parties with their clue. And, uh, at some point during the race, someone got caught with their bare ass out as with their <laughs> pants pulled down right to about mid-thigh. Oh, and, that and was they, hilarious. They, and, and I just that, think that is uh, just peak uh, that Estrella. Is, that is peak Bathurst 1000. I, 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 uh, I think I'm, 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 I make that one, maybe two buns out. Um, that's at least, that's that's at least uh, one and three quarters. Good to see Holden go out on top. You know, Love the that. name is as storied as it gets in that series. Um, mm-hmm. Shane Van Gisbergen. I wish after the race he just got on the mic and said, "Tomorrow, Angle, up yours." <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, of course, this in the twelve-hour race was the scene of the famous. All I've been seeing this week is a lot of mistakes from Shane. Well, you got one back on him. Uh, oh yeah, it's it's good to see Shane win that race. I don't know we about love Shane. Shane. 
Yeah, fair. I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed that he didn't try and drift it up and down the mountain sections, although that's a little mm-hmm. bit sketchy if we're being honest. Um, yeah, so solid just... concrete walls are a little bit, uh, a little sketch going that kind of speed. A little bit sus, as the kids would say nowadays. Uh, briefly catching up on IMSA, because first we had a very soggy, moist, and juicy GT race as part of the festivities at the Charlotte oh, Motor Speedway. Oh, we didn't talk Roval. about... We need to talk about one juicy weekend at the Roval. I showed Dre the highlights. There was so much juice in that track. Oh, it no. rained as it has never rained before. Starting oh, off NASCAR Xfinity. Oh. So many pileups. Pile up after pile up after spin after crash after overcooking it after lawn mowing. Lawn it, mowing that oh. ejected like a, an entire gusher of water out of the grass. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had a GT race at night, which that was a great idea. Corvette won that. Corvette won that. Um, I would like to uh, temporarily hand in my Porsche fan card because this sucks. But not before we get to Petit Le Mans, Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta, one of the crown jewels of the event. I'm ashamed we're not there. But Cam, this race came down to less than 15 minutes to go. Peepo to Ronnie, Ricky Taylor. Hot Acura versus Cadillac, Team Penske versus Action Express, and then and Taylor it makes all a look. Went to shit because um, they had been going back and forth for two hours. The lead battle was within six feet Genuinely from the good racing from sundown to nightfall. Genuinely, and good. it came down to a one two moves. One that set the tone and one that ended their chances. Up the inside of the uphill turn one, Durrani just sends it right up and hip checks Taylor almost off the track to take the lead, but Taylor stuck with him. Yep, Taylor backed out because Taylor knew that if he turned in, they were going to crash. Fast forward about 15 minutes. Ricky gets up under Durrani. Yep. Sells them the most beautiful dummy you've ever seen. Gets up the inside. Gets up the inside. Gets alongside. And Durrani decides, well, if you're going to pass me, you're going to have to kill me. And Ricky Taylor said, bet. And they both (laughs) ended up dying. And oh my God, that is Wayne Taylor Racing's Kanaka Medulta Cadillac. Holy shit, Scott Dixon's going to win another race. Scott Dixon, (laughs) endless. He won this race doing nothing. <laughs> Ranger Van Der Zand and Ryan Briscoe uh, joined him. But holy yep. shit, that was a wild finish. And Cam, that was you a can, wild finish. we can give you back your Porsche I can count card. my card back. Porsche wanted him some race. Uh, yes. Honda's oh my God. Good. Porsche's coming good again. Uh, um, young Porsche. Guys. They had to deal with the Rona. They had to deal with the crashes. The rain. And it came down to the final minutes in a dogfight between Corvette and... Well, the race ended because the 912 Porsche decided uh, to commit seppuku. Ah, well. You get what you you give what you get, I suppose. Yep. Great (sighs) race up until that. It's such a shame because that battle between Ricky Taylor and Pipo Durrani was... A genuine race of the year battle of the year contender i agree i bet you by the time this episode's out they'll have the whole race up on imsa's youtube channel also congratulations yep. please 
Congratulations as well to Nick Cassidy, winner of the third round of the Super Formula Championship at Sportsland Sugo, finishing ahead of his Super GT cohort, Rio Hirakawa, in second. Hirakawa extends his championship lead over the field. He now leads Cassidy by 15 points. Naoki Yamamoto, remember him, the Toro Rosso test driver, finishing third for the first podium of season. And Sergio Sente Camera taking pole in his debut before wrecking after his pit stop on his outlap because he underestimated just how little grip his cold tires would have. But yeah, cold tires are a motherfucker in Super Formula. I'm telling you, Formula E fans get excited about Big Trick Nick. And I think the best friends are leading the championship together. Ah, mm. you'll love to see it. And Super GTs this weekend. You should probably go watch that by the time you go listen to this. I think that's all the time and Quibi slander we have for today. No, we're always got time for Quibi slander. Well, yeah, that, that part's true. But what that's a pile of shit that's on that being. <laughs> <laughs> Get that out of your head, Quibby. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be off to the Tampa Bay Rays in a week's time. <laughs> right, let's oh, get out of pipe here. pipe down, you. I'm enjoying my Game 1 victory, okay? Mookie Betts got free tacos for everybody. You'll love to see it. Oh, apart from you, Cam. Doesn't matter who wins, <laughs> we all lose. Pipe down, no, Yankees fan. No, 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 you the Yankees fan. How the fuck can you sit up there and talk about how everybody loses? No, no, everybody wins because the Yankees didn't win. Like he's just down. he's just mad that his football team is hitting a current uh zero point zero 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 percentage. Oh, it's a, it's, a, it's a delicious percentage. It's it's the Mendoza line on crack. Right, let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Our Twitter accounts are on the screen right now. They're in the bio if they're on YouTube. If you're on audio, it's uh, at uh, Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, at Ryan Eric King, um, at uh, CBuckley917, and our podcast Twitter is at Motorsport underscore 101. You can follow us on Instagram at Motorsport101pod. King, I demand all the juicy highlights from this show. It has to happen. We need we need footage of you getting a cheesesteak mid-recording. It has to happen. I demand it. <laughs> I, I'm going to need to reheat this cheesesteak. <laughs> we did go an hour Damn. 15. We did go an hour 15, but it was delicious content. Uh, hopefully, this cheesesteak will match that. Um, again, you can back us financially on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. Fuck gets you all the early access to our audio shows, 10 for the video versions, as well as the supporters club of our Discord server. Big thanks to Sock, to Charles, to Sasha. To Josette, to Vic and Zoe for all watching along. Thank you very much. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, all of our website details as well, motorsport101.com. All our stuff is on there, including the new written piece by me. We're talking about uh, Formula 2's talent problem. Quote, unquote, we're eating the talent. It's uh, it, I put it into context in that in that column below. It's a fun one, especially given the latest F1 rumor that dropped about George Russell this afternoon. Because, oh boy, that's going to be a mess. We'll talk all about that on next week's show, where we also discuss... Formula One's return to Portimao. That hopefully is fun. Whoa. Maybe it's got to be a lot of fun on Saturday. I don't know about Sunday. Look, Please. we've been wanting. To, I've been wanting to see a race at this track in a in a series that I actually give a crap about. I'm looking forward to it. Here's hoping. Here is hoping. It's, hopefully, it's a good one. 
no guarantees, but uh, we could we could, we could try all of that, including a whole heap of stories, including Lance Stroll actually having the Rona, and a whole lot more on next week's show. It's going to be highly anticipated. Check it out if you get a chance already. But until then, I've been Dre Harrison. They've been RJ O'Connell, Ryan King, and Cam Buckley. Fribby sucks. Uh, so do the Ray, so do the Yankees. Uh, I've been Andre Harrison. Thanks for watching. I will talk to you guys next time. Go Dodgers. Later, y'all. Bye. <laughs> you guys want to start a Quibi replacement with me? <laughs> nice. One moist weekend at the Roval. <laughs>